0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Give it to me! Hey everyone, I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Tom Merritt. And welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you that has been propelled to the forefront of American contemporary podcasting by an uncompromising devotion to simplicity and utility. By fusing the highest technical sensibilities with the most appropriate material palette, It's a Thing is able to create unique, timeless podcasts with the power to transform any environment. Thank you. For joining us. Thank you. Podcast Hall of Fame for Hollywood, <laughs> Best inductor of all time, Tom Merritt. <laughs> uh, Today's intro is brought to you, by the way, by the fine folks at designs.com
0: Thank you, Pablo Designs, for letting really us pretty rip lamps. off your <laughs> way of talking.
1: Adapt. <laughs> sorry. Sorry.
0: Adapt. See. Uh if you if you missed us last week, uh, we're apologizing, but it was worth it because we got to hang out in person at the podcast Hall of Fame Induction, which was super fun. Uh, and we uh, we had a good time. So thanks for letting us have the week off, bosses.
1: I know. Thanks, bosses. We appreciate you. And we appreciate you listening to us for nigh on almost 20 years.
0: Ooh, which is a
1: lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, But it was pretty great because I got to say I go to L.A. a lot and, it, and I almost never get to see Tom because I know if you're familiar with L.A., if you go to one part and someone mm-hmm. else lives in another part, you can't hang out. No,
0: nope. it's like being on planets.
1: It's literally it's like all those people who are like, come to San Francisco for a meeting. And I'm like, why would you want me to fly to Europe for a meeting? Same thing. <laughs> You basically it's made easier, the same request.
0: It's easier to fly to LA for something than it is to go from one part of LA to another part of LA. It's actually
1: something. so true. Uh,
0: oh my gosh. <laughs> so uh, well, uh, I would like to fly us over to Africa for my first thing. Amazing. Uh, to Nigeria to be specific. Uh Afrobeats. Afrobeats I'm calling it. It's it's I don't know if I want to say the next K-pop. But it's the, next, it's the next big world music trend that is taking uh, the stage. If you know WizKid, you're you're ahead of the game. WizKid is considered to be emblematic of the Afrobeats wave, uh, which is uh, he's sort of emblematic of the Nigerian Afrobeats scene, uh, emblematic of Afrobeats in general, uh, taking home Grammys every year. WizKid uh, up for Global Album of the Year at the Grammys this year. Um And this article at theconversation.com makes the argument that the Nigerian diaspora, the fact that there's lots of Nigerians living in lots of parts of the world, uh, is helping to spread Afrobeats even more. Uh, Afrobeats lends itself to dance challenges, so it's kind of taken off on the TikTok. Um, And if if you're like, wait, Wizkid, I swear I recommend that. I I recognize that name, but I don't know why. Uh, Was included in Beyonce's The Gift as a Mm -hmm. collaborator. Uh, was also a collaborator on Drake's One Dance, which is currently the most streamed song on youtube uh so yeah, afrobeats wow. Molly, what do you think
1: uh yes, and I am as I am duck ducking in the midst of all of this I am discovering that billboard actually somewhat recently launched an afrobeats chart yep yeah this is huge mm-hmm. I mean no question all the news stories about you know my like my total filter for whether a thing is a thing is whether there are a bunch of news hits right. on that from yeah, totally. recent uh, all Africa dot com from 13 hours ago from Nigeria to the world. Afrobeats is having a global moment like this is like already a nailed it. You
0: nailed it. Thank you. Yes. Um, and, I, and I feel like like K-pop, it's going to stick around. It's not going to be like, well, Afrobeats was fun that one year because uh, right. it's been building. Like, it's, it's been winning different artists, not just WizKids have been winning Grammys, uh, especially in the world music categories. If you don't know, the Grammys has like a mm. lot of categories. Uh, so, so it's, it's, it's been a constant. It, it's, it's been a, a, a continuing build. Uh, and I, I feel like. It's got a lot of buzz around it now, like you're seeing in the in the news articles there.
1: Absolutely. Evidently there was a what was billed as the world's biggest Afrobeats festival in Puerto Rico last week, and Megan the Stallion was at it.
0: hmm First is, is that... oh. time they did the what are they called? The Headies, I think, or the Afrobeats Awards. First time they did them outside of Nigeria was this year, scheduled for Atlanta.
1: Oh hell yes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm so excited to make a playlist.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some good stuff from, uh, I mean, there's. it's good too, folks. Take yeah. a listen. It's. I, I've had uh, some WizKids stuff. I had a few other Afrobeat songs in my playlist over the past couple of years because the BBC has been covering it too. Uh, and there's some, there's some great songs.
1: I mean, friends, you, a lot of people in your life are going to tell you that they have eclectic music listening habits because that's a thing that people like to say. Cause it makes them sound really cool. But the only one who really does is Tom. <laughs> the only one that. who can truly lay claim to that, in my opinion, is Tom. <laughs> don't come
0: for me, Nate Langson. <laughs>
1: I mean, let's go back to the, what was it? The heavy metal Gregorian chanting. Like, <laughs> yeah, the on. Mongolian metal, the Mongolian yeah. metal. Good stuff. Yeah. Brought to you by Tom Merritt, people. Well, I am excited to to offer up uh, the first of two trashy white lady things <laughs> <laughs> that I have for you today. Uh, the first, you know me not to be a fan of trashy TV, particularly, mm-hmm. right? Like I like sci-fi and yeah. action, but I'm not into... The Bachelor and reality TV.
0: If 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 anyone were to call any part of your taste trashy, it would be the action movie side of it, maybe. Right. Oh yeah. Right. I not, like trashy movies. Not the yeah. reality TV side.
1: Exactly. It's a different kind of bubblegum. I like things that blow up, but not like girls that cry and fake love and lots of nails and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: However, I have recently been inducted into the ways of Love is Blind.
0: Oh dear.
1: I don't know how I missed this. When it debuted uh, in during the pandemic, I think 2019 or 2020. Yeah, maybe 2020.
0: That sounds about right.
1: But happily, I have gotten here just in time. One, because season two is on or just ended or something. I don't know. I just started it. But two, because it just is is literally a global sensation. There's like a there are spinoffs from different countries. There's like Love Is Blind Brazil. I think is on Netflix. Now, if you're not familiar with this show, uh, I wasn't. And so I'm not going to judge you because it's just, (laughs) it's so awesome and horrific. And dare I say like blasphemous. I mean, I'm not even a big adherent to the concept of marriage, but wow, does this show shit all over that concept? It's like, (laughs) uh, it's like a bunch of people, uh, men and women, get put in a house, and then they get to know each other through a wall. They can't mm. see each other. It is hosted by 90s icons, Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey. Remember when Nick Lachey, like, dumped Jessica Simpson, oh, got great. together with yeah. Vanessa Manillo and mm. married her, and then she became Vanessa Lachey? Well, they're still around, and they host Love is Blind. And it's happily billed as an experiment in which these people get to know each other without seeing each other fall in love. The only way they're allowed to meet is if they propose. Yep. And then they come out and they're engaged and they meet each other in real life. And then the show is pretty straightforward about it's like, now, do you want to have sex? And then they go on a vacation to Mexico together. And then they move in together and meet each other's families start planning a wedding. And then in the act of ultimate insane cruelty, they make them stand there at the altar. And that's when they decide if they're going to go through with it. It is the worst, most amazing thing I've ever watched. I I can't, I can't stop. And now everybody's talking about it.
0: I watched the first season of this, uh, in that early pandemic stage, or at least part of the first season mm-hmm. of it. Uh, and I was fascinated with the social experiment end of it, of, you know, what is love? Can you truly fall in love? It really right. mimics the online aspect of like meeting someone in a chat room and only knowing, you know, the personality that way kind of, at least in that first season leaned into it. So I get the appeal.
1: It is so what's really what I actually really do like about it and I've been watching it with my boyfriend which is also kind of fascinating because it's so interesting to see these people like really intensely fall in love and then to be like oh love is great um but it, it's true. It's sort of like the the, the part where it, they're in these pods and they're getting to know each other and they're falling for each other and it's really intense and they're all weepy and they're literally proposing is pretty deep, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of interesting to contemplate. Although my personal theory is that those walls are really thin and they can smell each other.
0: Pheromones. <laughs> you think it's a pheromones thing? It's
1: totally pheromones. <laughs> I'm like, is love nose blind? It wouldn't blind? even, it wouldn't we'll even
0: have to be the, the walls. It could be the vents, right? Yeah. Yeah. Totally.
1: I think I think Ooh,
0: uh, and the producers could f with people they could vent someone else's smell <laughs> not the person they're talking to
1: <laughs> that would be amazing so call me when nose is blind but that that's <laughs> really deep and then they meet and then it gets hella trashy like bachelor yeah, show yeah, yeah. because they're on vacation and whatever but then when they then it gets back to deep again because then all of a sudden it's really real they're actually talking about marriage and they're like They start to share about their finances and meet each other's families and talk about, you know, the interracial relationships that they might be in and what is what are their families or society going to think about that? And it's just like it's a real roller coaster between cool social experiment, psychologically fascinating and just like the greatest trash ever.
0: Yeah, it was the trashy part that I fell off of when it stopped being the social experiment, uh, right. it, it it lost me. So it's interesting that they they've gotten good enough at it to keep, keep the momentum for you. That's good.
1: I thought so. I've only watched season one. We just started season two, which apparently season two, it seems like it leans a little heavy, more heavily into the drama, but mm-hmm. it, it, it has been interesting. And I know that some of it's the Streisand effect, but not completely because it passes my duck duck go test. And there's a million news stories about it. Quote unquote news stories <laughs> about it. Yeah. Um, I I think it really like legitimately is an obsession and people can't stop uh, talking about it. And cinemablend.com perfectly encapsulates my feeling, which is why I'm obsessed with Love is Blind, even though I don't really watch dating shows.
0: It's sort of like the principle of the best lie mixes in a little truth. The best trash show mixes in a little sincerity.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. Uh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah.
0: All right. There you go. Definitely a thing though. Definitely Good call. a thing. Uh, my, other, my next thing is is something I'm just noticing. I haven't seen a trend piece on this. I'm not saying someone hasn't written one. I didn't look, uh, but I have noticed that we all want shorter movies and Hollywood yeah. is not necessarily noticed <laughs> No, because more than a dozen people, I, I I don't know if it's actually a dozen, but it's like definitely above four or five people we we've talked to have said, yeah, I haven't watched that. Cause it's so long mm-hmm. or, or yeah, I want to watch that. How long is it? And if it's over two hours hmm. or if it's less than two hours, oh good. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we just want the old 90 minute movie. Plenty mm-hmm. of plenty of TV shows on Netflix are almost 90 minutes these days. Like we can, we can handle episodes that are long. It's the, the movies that were like, yeah, I'm not sitting there for three hours unless it's like really worth it.
1: Right. And honestly, I'll get so excited when it's not even just, it it isn't just movies, actually. I mean, I 100% agree with you. Like, I'm not Mm -hmm, seeing any of those mm -hmm. movies right now. They're two hours important. No, I think you can expand this. You're right. And I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people where they're like, oh, my God, I'm watching this great show. I love it. And it's only 22 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's the selling point because everything is an hour and it's like an intense hour. And it's just like nobody has time for that. But I think you're... Your tag there at the end of, and no one seems to have noticed (laughs) that we all want shorter movies, is uh, the part that makes it super duper thing. Thing Thing-a-rama-ding-dong.
0: Yeah, I I think we all want shorter sessions of things, maybe Mm -hmm. a better way of putting this. When we sit down for a thing, three hours is too long unless, again, it's an event. Oh my God, yeah. I, I can't wait for the Avengers Endgame. I can't wait for Dune. That's why these blockbuster movies are are working. Um, but I do think that that applies to the TV shows too, because the episode that is 60 minutes, while shorter than any movie, is not as welcomed as the 20 minute or the 30 minute one, because it's the session, right? It's like, we, we like TV shows better because we can stop eat faster. We can mm-hmm. be like, yeah, I'll pick this up later. Not that we couldn't stop long movies. In fact, I think that was one of the jokes in the Oscars. Uh, I've watched uh, Power of the Dog three times. I'm almost done with it. Right. Totally. It, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, and and Good I one. think that's an example of this being a thing. Like people just like, yeah, I there's there's a, a mental aspect of like, oh, this is only 20 minutes. Great. I can complete an entire thing and not feel like I'm leaving it midway, but not have to spend as much time on it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just so, so true. And it sort of feels like, I sort of feel like movies and even TV, but especially movies, like let's just keep it on movies because two, almost three hours, are you kidding me? Almost three hours and you have to watch it in the theater because it's a cinematic experience. Reminds me of sort of the heyday of uh, fancy food. Right. Like fancy dining experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a reason you're seeing um, a lot of food experiences go back to like pop-ups or some version of fast casual or like a taco truck. Um, and it's because everybody got a little exhausted by the nine hour uh, act of pure ego Mm-hmm. chef ego that was the fine dining experience and now i feel like honestly that's some movies are too
0: i have a new theory about this just based on our conversation uh which is it's because of choice we have mm-hmm. so much choice that when we sit down to spend our time it either has to be something we're very enthusiastic about hence mm-hmm. the blockbuster like oh my gosh Have been waiting for this movie to come out yes i will sit down i will drive to the theater i will sit down for three hours but if it's experimental if it's like try this we think you're gonna like it but you don't know for sure you're gonna like it you're way less willing to take a gamble on something long because there are so many other things you could take a gamble on and not have been not be out three hours right so you have so much choice that you're like yeah, but okay, you might be right. Power of the Dog might be that thing that I just adore. Once I'm done, but if if you're wrong, I'm out more than three hours. Whereas mm-hmm. if I watch this 22 minute episode of a comedy, it may suck and I'm, I may stop watching it, but I'm only out 20 minutes.
1: Right, totally. It really it is. You're right. It's about our it's about our budget. Like yeah. we're all time budgeting now. Hmm. And you've got it's it's a high bar like i i it's interesting that even in pandemic times when if you were at home and working from home, it felt like you got a lot of time back. I still feel very stingy about yeah. how I want to spend it, and if you yeah. combine that with you also want me to spend like twenty dollars for a movie ticket and ninety dollars for some popcorn, <laughs> like no, no. And and it's uncomfortable. Like, come on, guys, we are literally sitting there having to pee. It's physical discomfort. Like, it's just no, it's just for you at that point. It's not for me, the consumer.
0: Back in the days of the long opera, the long fancy dining of the elite, uh, Mm -hmm. even into the 60s with the long uh, movie, which was imitating the long theatrical experience. I think you did that because people were like, yeah, I have nothing else to do. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm going to go to the theater. I'm going to be there all night. That's why I'm that's what I'm doing tonight. Yep. You know, I'm going re- to the yeah. fancy dinner and that's what we're doing tonight. Whereas we have way more to do now. We have way more options. We don't want to uh-huh. cut
1: them out. Yeah, that's a really good point. My um son has been rewatching the, the Seinfeld, rewatching Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe how much they go to the movies. They go to the movies every in almost every episode.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like that was entertainment. Now it's like, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Because you There's can stay at home and watch on your little box, a low res show shot really close because it's on a little box. Or you could go to the movie theater to see something really spectacular. Mm-hmm. But now we all have, you know, 50 inch TVs at home. Well, not all of right. us, but, you know, even even people who have a cheap TV
1: are like 30 or 40 inches. Oh, way yeah. That's, a, than that's as small as they even yeah. exist now. A hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Totally. Oh, so totally with you. We want shorter movies, and they haven't figured it out yet. Um, I will tell you what I have spent two hours and forty five minutes doing, and that is watching clips of Julia Fox on the internet. Now, we glanced past Julia Fox back mm-hmm. when she was a fledgling thing when she uh, created the meme-worthy Uncut Gems movie. Mm,
0: mm-hmm, Julia mm-hmm.
1: Fox, of course, the actress who was in Uncut Gems and then briefly dated Kanye West.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And has now just become, I, I, don't even, I don't even know what to say, like the, a meme machine, <laughs> a, a literal human meme generation engine. She is like the nuclear fusion of memeable moments. So she was at the Oscars being interviewed her. I'm the latest memeable moment that Julia Fox has delivered for us is the moment where she was interviewed in the Oscars at the Oscars, wearing like a full, you know, floor length, leather gown, the neckline of which was like a demon hand choking her. Mm -hmm. And someone was asking her about her ideal passion project. And she was like, Oh my butt." Of course. And then went on to say that she didn't want to give too many details away because she's super about (laughs) such things. But it's it's a masterpiece. If I do say so myself. And then the interviewer is like, well, is it fiction or is it a memoir? And she's like, you know, it started out as a memoir. But now it's just like my first book, you know, (laughs) like it's magical. And she's there in this insane, in this dress and she's carrying this purse and she's telling a different interviewer, like it's human hair <laughs> and she's petting the purse. And then they ask her who did her eye makeup because it looks like demon spawn, uh, gothic horror eye makeup. And she's like, oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I did it myself. Like, I can't get enough of this human. She's like she's like a throwback to a simpler time when she just seems stoned and is like having the time of her life and can't stop getting more famous. And I'm frankly so fine with that. She's hysterical. Uh,
0: footwear news notes that Julia Fox has recently revamped the Canadian tuxedo with unzipped bralette and jean boots.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, most of what she wears, it seems is like some tape. On her nipples and then like a mini skirt or something. Mm. I mean, it's just it, remarkable. It's, it's remarkable.
0: It's, uh, it's easy to pick your outfit, I guess, when that's yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm like, they're talking about putting her in the Real Housewives of New Jersey, another trashy show that I've never watched in my life, any real housewives show. <laughs> and I think that I would watch the shite out of that. Is she a housewife?
0: I don't know. Not that it matters, just
1: curious. Yeah. No, she's totally not.
0: They could totally put her in and it would be a Super smart move, I'm sure.
1: I mean, and her eye—I mean, she's clearly high all the time. Mm. Like her eyes in these Oscars photos are like zombie red. <laughs> it's it—it it was gonna be a memoir, like when it started, but now it's just like my first book. I mean, I can't get—I can't get enough weird Julia Fox thing. She's and then breaking all the I,
0: rules, Julia. She's Fox.
1: breaking all the rules. She's living her best life, mm. probably not for very long.
0: And I'm into oh, it. that would be sad <laughs> i hope you're right right about that <laughs> she's a thing uh although oh, oh, if if by not for very long you mean like her star burns out and she retires to obscurity but still alive
1: sure. yeah i'll yeah. just yeah, i'll yeah. just go with yeah, that let's go that way yes although oh. i'm worried about the drug use, although so not, yeah gonna lie. let's be clear. let's be clear
0: okay. uh feedback at it's a thing dot me is how you send us things uh and if you think you know what that julia fox nail that molly just nailed uh that's pretty good but i got one too uh that's what you want to do you want to send it to us feedback and it's a thing dot me starting with josh from northern new jersey with a thing confirmation thank you josh says hi tom and molly I'm a bit behind due to my wife's passing earlier this month, uh, but your March 5th episode talking about food delivery across the country is fairly dead on. Even before the pandemic, we moved to New Jersey from Connecticut so she could be closer to her friends while going through chemo. My work, luckily, is remote friendly, so made it work. So it was removed from a lot of people for the past few years. Fast forward to this month. I've received numerous food deliveries this month from family across the country, as well as clients from back in Connecticut. Remote food delivery has filled in the bring food you cooked over to the grieving need for everyone that can't physically be there. As a society, we spread out, but stay connected to each other due to the Internet. These food delivery services help us feel even more connected and supported. A super sad reason for Josh to write us, and we've already yeah. emailed him back condolences, and and we'll express them once again. Josh, I'm so sorry. So uh, sorry, but thank you for sharing uh, that aspect of it because it it is a positive one. It's it's a it's a way to to comfort folks and and a new way to do it that that would have not been there for you otherwise.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad you had that so profoundly and it's really true that like when i when we talked about gold belly being a thing i hadn't totally articulated the way that you did that what's really a thing is people sending it to each other Mm -hmm. which is like kind of a lovely outcropping of this weird time
0: yeah totally
1: anyway thanks for writing to us and you know me to be a weeper Mm -hmm. and i'm sending you a hug from over here likewise Richard Gunther, now in lovely Northern Virginia, wrote in with an economics thing and says, Hello, all. I've come to realize that not all things are good. Richard Gunther just arrived on the planet. I, we, we've known Richard for a while. I've, I feel like Richard already knew that. But go ahead, Richard. Yeah, isn't case. he, uh, you know, grouchy guy? Anyway. I, yeah,
0: uh, sometimes maybe a little bit.
1: Yeah, maybe. Case in point, he says, my partner went car shopping this weekend and found that the dealer had added huge markups to its car prices. He thought, surely that's an anomaly. I did some digging, Richard writes, and found that indeed car dealers are using supply chain and demand as a rationale for hoisting markups. The local Mercedes dealer is adding over $10,000 to some vehicles with the topper being a $50,000 markup. Yeah, you read that right. $50,000 on the already premium priced EQS electric vehicle. Other manufacturers like Ford, Dodge, and Ram are also getting in on this trend, though not as severely. Turns out this has been going on since last year. So it's my belief that outlandish dealer markups are a thing and certainly not a good thing. Yes, it's supply and demand at work, but this is fair to say banana pants. P.S. He didn't get the car. Good.
0: Good. Uh, And Richard, Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing this with us so that we can share it with others so that they don't get taken in by the big markup when somebody tries to pressure sale them like, well, supply chain, you've been seeing it on TV. That's just the price. Uh, Mm -hmm. It may not be. It may not be just the price. So shop around, uh, you know, push back. That's important to know. Thanks, Richard.
1: Definitely push back. And if you don't have to buy a car right now, probably don't because it is. I know. I'm I'm
0: more tempted to sell my car.
1: (laughs) Yeah, to buy. totally.
0: <laughs> uh, Russell wrote in with a possible pre-thing. Hi, Molly, Tom and Rich. On a recent episode, you were talking about CBD syrups. May have spotted a pre-thing here in New York City. One of my neighbors in the building has been feeding his dog CBD-infused dog food for allergies. Not sure if it's a thing or not, but thought I would send it along. Hope you're having a nice weekend. Thanks much, as always, for keeping us on top of all the things. And congratulations to Molly on the Podcast Hall of Fame. So well-deserved. Aww
1: yeah huge thing dog Uh, like cbd for dogs i can't have we really not talked about
0: this i know we've talked about it maybe just on the pre-show because we bought cbd uh treats for our dogs
1: my dogs are like high all the time yeah me not uh, at all but yeah uh definitely a thing russell definitely huge that is too funny yeah we really should have caught that one good catch russell Luke M writes in on a doodle thing. There's a name I haven't seen in a while. Hello, Rytom, my Ry-maltom. Please Rich consult Molly your doctor. Tom. Remol Tom. Rich Molly yeah. Tom, exactly. Please consult your doctor before taking Ramal Tom. Good one, Luke M. <laughs> <laughs> he says, It's Luke M with from ye old D B O L days with a doodle omission that could not stand. Yes, golden doodles are cute, and burna doodles are adorbs, but I would die for any and all Aussie Doodles. Mm. Yep. Aussie doodles. Now, you know, also one of my neighbors has a Frenchie that may be part Aussie judging by the pattern. Well, now that would be freaking cute. There is
0: no end of doodles.
1: Aussie doodle. I have just interneted this. I am clicking images and I'm dead. That's it. Luke M. You finally did it. Are you kidding me? (laughs) This is in fact the cutest doodle. It Uh, has, you know, the markings of an Aussie Australian shepherd and then sometimes they have those blue eyes and they've got the mm-hmm. kind of like the brindle situation going on. <laughs> oh
0: my God. Although to be honest, some of these pictures are puppies, which is unfair. You got to make sure you're, you're comparing puppy to puppy.
1: It so it's attention. funny when you hit uh image search, how for you pretty much only get puppies? Maybe they're trying, maybe they grow up ugly. Hmm. Is there a spaniel doodle? I feel like that the, the, the one doodle. in our
0: discord from rich uh, might be older. That one looks older and still dang. Yeah.
1: I'm looking up adult Aussie. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh,
1: no. (laughs)
0: And that'll be it from Molly for this episode as she (laughs) dissolves into a puddle of cute.
1: Oh, biscuits. Yeah, it's over. It's over. No, it's not. We're back.
0: Oh, and Rich says the picture he put in the Discord is the one Luke sent. So that that is the, the example. Yeah. Uh Lee Price has a bar thing. It seems speakeasy bars are rising in popularity again. As I type this, there's probably 50 speakeasy bars exclusively sharing entry passwords via TikTok that I'm too uncool to ever discover. Quick shout out to a local speakeasy bar here in Austin uh where they are attempting to obscure themselves as a floppy disk repair store. Which oh. is super cute. <laughs> I have been to that speakeasy, that very speakeasy of which uh, Lee Price is mentioning. Uh, It is pretty, pretty hilarious.
1: That is really true. They are coming back around. I wonder why.
0: Uh, I wonder if it has to do with like being tentative about getting back out makes the speakeasy feel like it's controlling access a
1: little more. Oh, maybe. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like it. I'll take it. Sure. Why not? And then Joe Hood writes in with an amazing language thing. And says this is not a thing, but maybe a thing update. I saw "live laugh love" used to replace "love" in a sentence today, and it just made me giggle all day. Example: I live laugh love. It's a thing. What a delightful podcast! Oh my god!
0: I'm definitely going to incorporate that now, Joe. Thank you. Going to
1: use this constantly.
0: I live laugh love this email from you.
1: I live laugh love Aussie Doodles. <laughs> Like, it, in certain categories, local it's, it's going to hit so hard. Like, yeah. it's just hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo, Joe. Bravo.
0: Let's get to the <laughs> shout-outs uh, as created by our producer, Rich, this week based on a selection from the Combinatorics chapter in the book The Unimaginable Mathematics of Borges Library of Babel by William Goldblum Block. <laughs> uh,
1: I'll begin. I'll, I'll take the long paragraph here. We begin with a pain to the modern method of denoting Laura Abel, especially the convention of exponential Miranda Janelle, employed first by Benjamin Forrest in 1637, then extended over the next few decades, primarily by Morris Jones and Louis saint Moore. These days, it's commonly also called scientific Mike Akins. In one of his most famous works, Andrew Bradley, a singularly brilliant intellect of the classical world, needed approximately 12 pages in English translation to create noms of Paul Dow and methods of multiplication to produce an upper bound, a maximal estimate, a Kevin Sill on the number of David Grizzly Smiths in the world.
0: By using modern notation, particularly the idea of Lee Price, it will take us less than one paragraph to produce an upper bound on the number of Eric Duncans in the universe. Furthermore, in short order, these Jake Woods conventions confer the power to accomplish a task that might well have stymied Gabriel Cohen, calculating the precise number of distinct Joe Hoods in James C. Smith. I didn't understand any of that.
1: Me neither. But if this podcast proves anything, it's that we are excellent at reading.
0: And the <laughs> proof is right there in the mathematics of Boris Library. Of Babel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Rich Strapolino for hand crafting, as always, our shout outs. And thank you for supporting the show at the shout out level. patreoncom slash. It's a thing is why this fun gets brought to you week after week after week. Support us at any level and join us in the discord every week for the cute dog pictures.
0: Keep those emails coming, feedback, at it's a thing. Me, keep them coming. Come on, come on, come on. Just send me an email. Do it. Come on, feedback. it's easy.
1: See you next week. Bye.